Coming to you live and direct from Pasadena, California, it's the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast Morning Zoo! <laughs> and I storked it. I fucked up the die roll. I storked it. My luck's a black hole, so I storked it. And I know I'm an asshole, cause I storked it. And I storked it. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. And I know I'm an asshole because I snorked it. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 4 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. This is Stork. And this is Jim. What am I doing up so early on a Saturday morning? I don't know. This yeah. is this is the weirdest thing. No. I I'm not sure what to do with myself. There's no beer. No beer. There's beer if you want. If you want one at at, at what at ten? No, it's five <laughs> o'clock somewhere. Day drinking. I'll be I'll be sound asleep. Day by like drink m- believer. <laughs> and, uh, home brewing king. I was up at four thirty. Yeah, but I went you're jogging. Yeah, but you're in old. shorts, and it was thirty-seven degrees. Oof. What? I bet you if I took my pants off while I was running, I would not appear anatomically male. Now you look like <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Dude. My God, it was cold. <laughs> and you were running from zombies. No, uh, not this morning. No, no I, I, was I, I was running from running, Taylor this morning. I was morning. running from Rob Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did your Skechers fall apart? <laughs> yeah. I should, oh, I wouldn't even notice if I, if I went and bought Skechers running shoes. Just halfway through, man, my feet are really feeling good. You should check out these shoes. These are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. <laughs> <laughs> I think they make me run better. <laughs> <laughs> we got a con coming up. Yep. Yeah. Christ, how that happened? February 13th? 13th, is that right? That's yeah, that sounds about right. right. I think that's right. President's right Day before weekend. Valentine's. Remember, it's always been an issue because yep. it's Valentine's Day weekend? It's never an issue for gamers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Problem, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, February 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th at nope. the uh, Paris Hilton. Hilton Hotel. Go ahead and make complain about the bar. Yep. I'm not. I'm done yep. now. Everybody's got it. <laughs> it's a lovely place. I love the Hilton Hotel. I think it's awesome. <laughs> Who are you? Okay. I had a nice room. Who are you and what Last are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people are getting tired of hearing about it. Yeah. I, I, I Good room. My room was awesome. Rooms are not bad. Yeah. 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 Did you get one of the studio suites? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, kind of a, one of the corner rooms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, those you are good. You always get the corner rooms. I asked for it. Oh. I think I said, in the past they've just given them to you. They had, but I asked. I said, it, it was like... Eleven dollars more a night yeah. or something. Yeah. No, it's not it was, expensive. It was like ten bucks. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah, they only have a few of them, so they're sometimes not even online. <laughs> no, that wasn't. I had yeah. to call. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's somebody what else had one of those, and they ended that. up going up there to game. Was that you that ended up taking people yeah. up to your room? You totally could. Fifty percent of our games uh, up in the room. You totally could. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a couch and a couple easy chairs and a, and table. a coffee table. Yeah. It was probably a lot more productive than the funk and the heat. It was, and then there's the uh, last room had a bar too. So all the stuff, little mini bar. Yep, always has a refrigerator, the yeah. little refrigerator. But it had I think a all the rooms bar. have the little refrigerator. Don't they? I, I, don't, I don't do the little people rooms time. have them? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the the <laughs> little people. <laughs> you know where the proletariat are staying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peasant. Hello, peasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Uh, have you registered your games yet? No, I have not. No. I'm going to run the games I was going to run at the last cool. con. <laughs> See, he's sad. Right, I knew that. I, 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 I knew don't that. have to worry about prep. Although I probably should open the envelopes and read them. <laughs> 
been a while. Lots happened. It's been like six months. A lot of water under the bridge there. It's easy to forget. Uh, Although I I might run. I don't know. I may run. I may want to run something different. I'm not sure. Dave and I uh, had prepped up a um, a uh, freak show, which we never ran. So we probably will do that. Oh, there you go. Depending on Dave's availability. Right. Cool. Cool. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, which is happyjacksrpg. And we're on Facebook. <laughs> you can go to happyjacks.org slash Facebook or happyjacks.org slash Google Plus, all spelled out if you want to go to our Google Plus community. And uh, there's also the forum, happyjacks.org slash forum. Uh, and on, on there now, um, they've asked me to set up a sub forum for the D&D game where I'm putting in and admitting the stuff that I made up on the fly versus the stuff that I prepped. That's a really interesting idea. <clears throat> I like that. And people kind of pegged some of it listening. Yeah, because the tone of your voice goes up a little like, maybe. Uh, yeah, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. Why, yes. Yes, there, there is. Yes, I think, and. <laughs> I think the uh, Star Wars actual play third session went up already. Yeah. That's not the one I missed. That's that's the um, the one I was in. Okay. The last one I was in. Right. And then, then there was one I missed because I had to do Christmas with, uh, with my sister and my dad. And then I'll be at the next one. Okay. Whenever that is. I don't remember. Is that tomorrow? I don't, think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's next week. I okay. think it's in the new year, season, new year, but not. I think it's like the 6th or something. I'll have to double check. Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> you may miss it. Mm, well, we'll see. No, I don't I think I would. I don't think I, well, I don't know. Um, so, but that uh, se- session three went up for that. And that most recent LDME session is going to go up next week. So there's that. Um, first email is from Sullivan Vittles. I wonder if that's his real name. I don't know. Is that an anagram? I hope so. I hope that is his real name. <laughs> is it a palindrome? Oh God, please make that your real name. <laughs> <coughs> the palindrome of Sullivan Vittles would be Seltivs Rivels. That doesn't work. Sorry, carry on. Liver titties. <laughs> Liver titties vitae. I think be- <laughs> oh, let's hope that's his real name. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Uh, let's see. Hiya, Jackers. I'm a new listener to the show. Slowly working through all of the episodes as it gives me something to listen to while playing WOW or driving. WOW. And I had a question about house rules. See, uh, as a side note, I can't listen to podcasts while I'm doing something else. I just, I ended up, I can probably drive, but playing, wow, yeah. I, I, even reading emails, I was listening to yeah. like the actual play or the podcast, I was trying to read stuff, and I had to stop reading to listen. I can't yeah. do both. Yeah, I, I can listen while I'm driving, but not... I can't imagine playing wow emails. and listening to the, to the podcast <laughs> at the same I time. I always feel like I miss stuff if I do that, so then I back it up and back it up. I'll just Leroy Jenkins the party if I'm li- listening to a podcast <laughs> while I'm playing wow. Well, I'm going to do that anyway, so... You know. <laughs> I don't so, know what that means. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's a really old meme. It's uh, you can go look it up after the okay. show's over. I bought aftermarket cards for Cards Against Humanity. Did you know they make aftermarket cards? No. Crabs adjust humidity. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I get two box, boxes. I of thought maybe you got the special Christmas offer where they literally mailed you bullshit. I, I... well, I, I Kimmy got me the two of the holiday packs. Yeah. The ten Kwanzaa. ten whatever days of Kwanzaa. Yeah. Right. So. They're, first of all, they're genius, right? Because yes. it's a really simple concept. All you have to do is print up cards, you can sell them, and they sell out all the time. Second of all, they crowdsource it. 
my my daughter was telling me not only can you download all the cards online and oh, print yeah. them up, oh, yeah. but they also will like if you have an idea, you can send it to them, and if they like it and put it in the next box, you get like a card. They send you one of the cards. Oh, That's cool. it. That's all it costs them, and you can frame right. it and say that was my idea. Mm-hmm. And they get people to work for them, and then and the, genius. And then the nice thing is the game gets stale fast. Sure, uh, especially if you just have the basic set. Yes. Once you've played it four or five times, yeah. you've seen everything, and yep. no one gets shocked by anything. So it, it encourages you to go out and buy the expansions, yeah. and the expansions become top or are topical at least right. for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So <clears throat> when they come out with a yeah. sixth expansion. Almost everyone who wants to play the game is going to go out and get it because a it's new cards they haven't seen before and yep. it's suddenly going to be all you know current newsworthy stuff. That's well, what I that's what I found in the little expansion packs was it's going to be like magic yeah. then it's going to be like collector editions and there's going to be like oh I'm going to play my uh, my my feces card right now <laughs> and you can turn it into a collectible <laughs> card game. That's that, that's the last step for it to become exactly. incredibly lucrative. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you've got the, the the that's the worst card ever. <laughs> oh, you've got the two girls, one blank cup. Oh, yeah. There's only 14 of those made. <laughs> See, it's a first edition with the gold on the inside. <laughs> All right. I am mostly a player and have only dabbled a bit in GMing, so my experience with the idea of GMing is a bit, ellipses, lackluster. Thankfully, your podcast is helping with a lot of tips, and I'm currently in the world-building stage of a campaign I hope to run. Not planning the actual campaign as yet, as I know over-planning is pointless since species will fuck it all up. But I am just planning the geography, politics, and history. And you know what, John? I have fun with that. That's the yeah. fun part, at least for me. I, I agree. I would say that the, the players don't fuck it up. They just... They're writing a different story than you had in mind. Jib, this is your quote. He's paraphrasing you. You can't he backpedal now. He is paraphrasing now. me, but I didn't use the word fuck it up. Oh, that's true. It's just, just they mess will, it up, I think. They sense. will do their own thing every time. They will pat you on the head and say, that's a nice story you intended. <laughs> um, one thing I have noticed in my games is that there are certain house rules that pop up a lot. For example, item weight is almost never taken into account. We never have to worry about how much we carry unless it's ridiculous. For example, the GM never cares what you are carrying or how much it weighs, but you obviously can't carry ten great swords. <clears throat> Same thing goes. Uh, what if you have fire? What if you have a giant gun that fires great swords? That'd be awesome. I'm writing that in right now. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a giant awesome. and you can and you sure can do, sure rocket. Uh, same thing. It gives all new meaning to the word claymore. I have a gun that shoots guns. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing goes with things like ammo, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, The ranger players never pay attention to how many arrows they have. I have heard a saying on your podcast that goes something along the lines that if you aren't playing with all of the rules, you aren't playing the game as it is intended. Is it such a bad thing to weed out the rules in such a manner? Do you have any similar experiences uh, where you just say, screw that rule, it, it's too much hassle? Thanks a lot, Sullivan Vittles from Lawrence, Kansas. I know people in Lawrence, Kansas. P.S. I have recently uh, been running a new RPG called Shadows of Esterin. East, Ester, Esterin. That is in the process of being translated from French, and it's worth a look at. PPS, take a drink and be merry. So I wanted to, this is I kind of wanted to use this as a jump off point to the topic because we haven't talked about house rules in a while. I, I, mm-hmm. I know it's come up as a topic in the past, 
But I mean, the the whole. I'd like to kind of just talk about the 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 whole philosophy about. Do you need to use all the rules? Let me just correct one thing real quick. I think the person who said that was the guy from Misdirected Mark. Well, I was gonna I was gonna wait till you. I don't think that's the preamble ever come out of my. I life. think we. I got taken to task for it on Misdirected Mark. Um, oh, see, I thought I took him to task. Well, we kind of both. We, it was there was it was a it was a tennis game going back and forth. Well, I mean, the, the, and what he brings up. Well, let, me, let me finish saying it up real quick because I have to refill my coffee. Um, but I want to kind of talk about the philosophy of: Do you need to play all use all of the rules to play the game? Uh, are there some games where that has to happen? Are there other games that are more modular where it doesn't have to happen? Um, and where where do you draw the line? And when do you draw line? Draw yeah. the line? Are there times uh-huh. when you really want to play with everything, and times when you don't? I'm going to go fill up my coffee. Go. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the first thing I want to say is, at the beginning of most every RPG book I have ever read. Somewhere it says, essentially, use the rules from these books that make sense for your game and change the ones that do not. In essence, right? Pretty much every book says that. Savage Worlds uh, takes that a little bit farther and says specifically for things like resources and ammunition and whatnot, don't worry about whether they have enough ammunition or not unless it's dramatically relevant to the story. And then... Yes, keep track of it. And Stu has said on many occasions that when he runs GURPS for the first time for people, he ignores many of the rules. Many of the combat yeah. rules. Because it just it slows things down, yeah. and it also can be really punishing to first-time players. Yeah. And confusing, and I do the exact same thing with Hero. Um, there's things that I just kind of leave out and gloss over, like hit location and things like that, much like you would in GURPS. Um, my personal view is I don't worry about encumbrance specifically, unless it's dramatically relevant to the story, or unless someone is just being ludicrous. Um, I had a player years ago who literally wanted to carry one of every weapon in the game. Just in case. Just in case. You never know. And he wanted to swap them out between every round. I was like... From your crossbow to your longbow to your greatsword to your bedagger. You're like, really? Exactly. And I was like... Your bedagger. Okay. Your bedagger. Your bedagger. That's bigger than a regular dagger. Is it bejeweled? <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the bigger blacker dagger. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um, but the, the thing is, those are not the things that interest me in the game. You know, I don't want to worry about, you know, are you carrying 35 pounds of stuff versus 32 pounds of stuff? I don't care. Doesn't, it doesn't contribute to the game, in my opinion. So my answer is no. I'm, I'm not going to force us to use every rule in the book unless that rule contributes to what we're doing in the game. Like accurate timekeeping. Like no, accurate timekeeping. Exactly. Now, Who there's certain, fucking cares? <clears throat> there's certain situations. Uh, GURPS comes to mind. I don't know if you've mentioned this. We've mentioned it briefly. briefly. Uh, especially uh, with regarding encumbrance. Uh-huh. Uh, wearing plate mail has a disadvantage in that it slows you down. Uh, that encumbrance <clears throat> is going to take one or two inches off of your move every turn, sure. <clears throat> and that's kind of the it's kind of a balancing effect. Because su- okay, yes, suddenly you have a dr of seven or whatever it is, um, but instead of moving six hexes per turn, you now move maybe five or four. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there's kind of a there's a give and take. If you want to wear that, you can. Or you can wear something lighter that's not going to give you as much protection, but you'll be able to move your full move, right? 
Right. Uh, and that also, I don't know if in fourth edition it still does, but in third edition it still that affected your your defense rolls. It, oh, I don't know. Those rules are, I believe, did it? Those rules are are there in, in fourth ed- edition. Um, well, I, I know the I know the encumbrance because encumbrance you basically affects your to move. things like acrobatics and yeah, right stuff like that. But, but uh, I mean, and that and that's there as. That r- the rule is there as a balancing thing because that's the only game system I can think of where I do add up how much stuff you're carrying when you're in combat, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, I'm going to assume you're going to drop your backpack and shit like that when you get in, when you get into a fight. But um, that's the only game system I can think of where I do sit down and say, "Okay, here's your armor, I, here's your weapon, here's your shield. It weighs this much, right?" Because it but, has and, a game mechanic, and, and doing that for. Those things makes a great deal of sense to yeah. me, but the minutia of I have fifteen iron spikes versus ten iron spikes. Mm-hmm. I, I think it depends. I agree. I, first of all, I think all of us have said made that statement in some way from time to time because really, yeah, because I think I can remember having conversations about depending on which house rule was being house ruled, where we've. You know, we might have a personal opinion that we've strayed so far from actually playing the core of what that game is that it's not really, you know, some house rules seem minor. Oh, this may have been back in the does the system matter yeah, days. Because yeah. I can kind of, not necessarily those words exactly, but remember, you know, remember having conversations about, well, if you're not going to roll for that, what's the point of playing that game if you're not? But where uh, resource tracking is maybe something that we commonly accept as not really being house ruley mm-hmm. um because it's so so unless you're playing a game where resource management is really important like some dystopian future or cyberpunk or uh, apocalyptic game where you really want to keep track of those things where i think where, we, yeah where yeah. where intact bullets yeah really matter yeah and you know the amount of water you Absolutely. have you can carry Right yeah. is your life yeah yeah it's dramatically relevant yeah. to the story but Absolutely. you know what that that's all relevant Anyway, if you're doing a dungeon crawl and you only have 30 arrows, yep. and you're out of arrows and you're halfway through the dungeon, what well, do you do? Um, as well as iron spikes. Exactly. Relevant thing. Well, yeah. and that's the question I think I would want to ask when we were reading this email is that, is there a time when you are playing this game and you're kind of not resource tracking and you're not looking at encumbrance, but then it becomes relevant to the story so that you do? And is that, how do you, you know... I think it, introduce that. I think to it depends on your player group as well. There's a lot of people that want to just go in through and be superheroes and kill shit, and they don't want to worry about keeping track of their arrows, and they don't right. want to worry about their encumbrance. They just want to be superheroic. And there's other people that because it does, it will change the way the game is played. If you know it's that true. you have to keep track of how many arrows you have, how much water you have, and you're walking through the desert, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna affect a lot of your decisions. Mm-hmm. So it, it it really will change the flavor of the game. So I think it's a matter of figuring out how your players are. If you have a bunch of people that love to take notes, a bunch of accountants, let's say, or or people with a lot of OCD, maybe the counting arrows and water thing is actually something they enjoy to do. You know, and that you know you could, I would agree. That with is that. a sort that can be a source <laughs> for drama. It absolutely, yes, absolutely can. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I was just thinking, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, uh, uh, in Avengers. Guy runs out of arrows. Yeah. He's on his last one. Yeah, predator. That that <laughs> that get that creates drama. So that and that creates yeah. tension. So and it create it also creative problem solving. It changes the way a character would yeah. would, would, would deal with any given situation. If you don't have any more arrows, you got to build a trap. Mm-hmm. 
or run or something. Anyway, well, I, was, I interrupted you. Them. No, but that, that, that's that's it. Um, that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that's that. That's all I have to say about that. So I, I'm of two minds about house ruling things. I, and again, I think it depends on the on the group that you're playing with, and then and maybe to a certain extent the game. You know, I, I'm thinking that in yeah. a, in the far future, I'm not worried about ammo in my blaster. But if I'm playing, um, let's say, Deadlands, mm-hmm. I am. I'm worried about how much ammo I have or how many sticks of dynamite I have. Uh, it, that will change how how much you ravage the town or even how you go about of, of affecting certain situations, how affecting certain combats. Mm-hmm. You, you just brought up a very interesting thought in my head because I'm running a Deadlands game, and I don't really pay that much attention to how many normal bullets they have, but... The sticks of dynamite that one of the characters has, we keep precise count of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, you definitely don't want to just hand wave that shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just it, that was just an interesting thought that popped up in my head that was that in that one game, we're, fo- well, we're paying attention to this uh, yeah. one thing, but not this other I thing. I played Boot Hill once. Uh-huh. I, actually, Richard Garfield uh, GM'd me because we were friends. But long story short, I uh, we, we I'm just doing a game and we and I had a little duel and I think I shot one bullet or something and I forgot to I neglected to mention I'd reloaded, so that there was this gunfight and he, he I end up pulling my gun out and go click and he goes yeah you forgot to reload and all of a sudden I had no bullets in my gun and I'm staring down the barrel of a gun and it affected did that the entire scene. Did you throw the gun at him? Uh, I did. I, I, I upended <laughs> the table and pulled out my, my... I had like a Derringer in my boots. I had like oh. a two shot. So I upended the table and pop, pop. and <laughs> But it completely affected the tactics of the scene. Oh, yeah. Before I was just going to... We were just going to be this whole, you know, now you're going to back off, you know, click. Uh-oh. It, 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 it was important. Um, I think it's something to think about. Uh, again, it's the type of game, you know? Right. Han Solo isn't going to sit around and go, click oh wait i forgot to turn the blaster on let it warm up you know that's yeah. just not going to happen you know right. they have unlimited shots uh lightsabers always turn on <laughs> it's not it's a different kind of flavor you're going for you know um i think that's a very key point right there is what kind of flavor are you going for in the game look and and the bookkeeping can get in the way I can see a lot of people getting pissed off if you're having to have them keep track of arrows and food well, and, and resources. Like the mage, I'm like, I didn't gather any cobwebs. You didn't tell me there were any. I can't guess well, not what. Only that, Damn but it. What if you're playing, you're doing Vancean, and so it's a fire and forget, and I'm exhausting all my spells, but you don't have to exhaust your arrows. Yeah. That's a very apt point. Yep. So I'm like, shit, I'm all out of... <laughs> magic know. missile. Yeah. I got no more magic missile. Well, I got, still got 30. I mean, I got an unlimited supply. Um, That's a very good point. There's also, you know, uh, I think we used to play it where you could reclaim arrows. We had to roll like a D6 or something. Right. And there was a 50% chance that the arrows were broken or unusable. But oftentimes the rangers would be at the camp you know, fixing arrows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I remember back in the day that was that was like a thing that I did every time I was playing a ranger character. Is at the end of a fight, I would gather up arrows and I always had stuff to make more. Right, you either gather up the orc arrows and use the arrowheads or whatever, or shafts or whatever, and oh, yeah. put your own stuff on them. But yeah, that was a thing. I mean, again, MMOs kind of do that too. If you're because they, they keep you, if you're out of arrows in certain MMOs, you're out of arrows. And you have to gather them from the orcs or whatever. But um, right, it, it's it is a holdover. I it does affect the way the games are played, and I think yeah. that it's it is important in, in a lot of situations. But I think you have to have player buy-in because I could see you alienating a lot of players if you're not if you don't. 
let them know, you know. And we I, we brought up GURPS uh, early on too, and GURPS has yeah. a lot of mechanical stuff. There's f- fatigue, and there's falling, oh, and, and there's ton, yeah. and there's stun, and there's and I and I said earlier that oftentimes when you first start GURPS, you ignore a lot of that stuff because yeah. it can really get in the way of the players. And that's what I'm thinking of when I say this: is you you can really alienate a lot of characters if you just dump all the here's all this punishment for everything you you want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to carry a great sword, and I want to carry a long sword. Well, here's the encumbrance: you can't do it. Ha, ha, ha. You know, you can really piss off new players. Right. Or you can do it, but there's a drawback to doing it. Yeah. I don't know if this answers the question, but yes. I think it does. How, how far <laughs> is too far with, with regard to the you're not really playing the game? or? I, I, I Personally, I think that's... Uh, I, I don't think it matters. Group dependent. Uh, well, I, I mean... I, f- I find it hard to believe that there is a group out there that plays with all of the rules right. for any game. Unless it's a... Unless it's a small-ish, compact game like 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 a Savage Worlds or mm-hmm. or something like that, or, or or a very abstract game, then I can see okay yeah there's no there's no optional rules like like um, but when you're playing a modular game, a hero or a GURPS or even even D and D or any yeah. stuff like that. I'm sure there are rules you're not using. Yeah, we don't oh. do timekeeping anymore. I played AD&D a couple of years ago with Tim Grafham, and he house-ruled some stuff for magic. He said, right. the magic here is just really one-sided. You know, you use your spells and you're done. He goes, I'm going to allow you to memorize some spells, but the ones that are out of your level, you have a lesser chance of casting. So he had had this little homebrew house-rule thing that he did sort of oh, balance yeah. out magic a bit more. So, so, that, so and a first-level mage goes... And they're done. Right. <laughs> Magic around the rest of the There's day. my D4. Woohoo! I should have thrown my dagger. Yep. Now I'm done. <laughs> okay, you guys. Good luck. So he had a little house rule that allowed you to have a few more spells at lower levels, but just to have a, of a lesser chance of casting. Okay. All right. So so he wasn't necessarily ignoring the rule, but he realized the rule was there and, and had a little house homebrew to fix it. Now, this is AD&D, so it right. was... You know, there's some holes in there anyway that can certainly need to be plugged and fixed. And that brings up something that I'm always concerned about, which is... I don't feel qualified to sit around and start mucking about with the mechanics of a game. I know a lot of people do, but I don't. It's like I don't go into poker and say, I'm going to say this and this and this don't count because I don't like it. Because I don't, that affects the way the game is played. And I'm not a game designer. I don't, I don't trust myself to sit around and pull things out of a game just because I don't agree with them or I don't understand them. And they do have big effects on the game. And they, you don't yeah. know it if you pull them out. Right. That's a very valid point. So I think, or, or, or yeah, saying that, I mean, yeah, there's a reason that you know a, a flush beats a straight, or right, whichever it is. Well, is flush beats a straight? Perhaps, perhaps yeah. it wasn't a, a a great example, but, but my that, my point being that I'm just not qualified to go around and start tinkering around with GURPS because I don't like the way certain things are work. I I just I'm not that smart of a game designer. I'm also not that familiar with GURPS. I guess somebody like you who's played it since literally day one. All the way up till now, second edition. You might have a better grasp of the game than I do. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, you know, I've also said more than once that every time I've thought of trying to modify the rules for Savage Worlds because I thought I could do something better, I've been wrong. That's what I'm getting at, I think. Um, and I do think it's very important to play the game as it's written multiple times before you think about trying to change things. Um, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Because, I mean, 
the, the problems that some of us have had with Savage Worlds, uh, yes, have to do with the fact that they're, they're not having cover, blah, 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 blah. But if we don't play that way, why not just change the game? Well, you already have, because you're not playing it that way. But uh, if we, if, 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 let's say the GM or the players to say, we're not, we're, we never think about whether or not there's cover around. We just start shooting at each other. Right. Why? And, there, and, there, and that creates a game imbalance. Then why not tweak it so that it's not imbalanced? Oh, I see. So you're trying to correct for something that they're not including for, already. For, no, correct, correct for, for a, a, a tendency of a group of players who play differently than what the rules intend. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And yeah, it's going to change things and it might break other stuff, maybe. But if it does, you just either change like, something else or go back to the way you were doing it before. Just I mean, keep just keep breaking the game, you know. Um, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe. okay. In, in well, terms I, of things like of something like cover, just right. as as a, if I see that the players are not using things like cover mm-hmm. or you know thing uh, you know, cover is a perfect example. Um, That's the I, biggest one I can think of. Then I have a couple of choices. One, I can either not have I can either have the bad guys do the same thing and leave everything level, right? Or I can have the bad guys use cover and tricks and stunts and whatnot and beat the characters up, and they will learn from this. But... Yeah. um, I don't... I have never found a case, not once, where I could improve on the rules. Stu did with 4E. When you were having your... Specifically Savage Savage Oh, okay. Um, other games, I have found places where, yes, I felt like I could improve on the rules. I always just, I, I do it carefully. Now, oftentimes I'll play without the rules because I'm an idiot and forget about them or don't know them or well, don't know the rule set well enough. But, but oftentimes I don't feel confident enough in my in my intelligence to sit around and, and, and take, it's like, I'm not going to open up the hood of my car and pull out shit I don't understand about and then hope it runs, because it's not, or it might run badly. That's kind of how I feel about worse, a game set, yeah. right, yeah, or make it worse. Right. I mean, it does help to fully understand the game system before you start modifying it. Especially, like, the one of the things I've noticed um, about several game systems that I like is things tend to happen consistently. There's, there's only a certain way... Th- like if there's going to be a die modifier, the die modifier is always going to happen in a certain way. You know what I mean? I'll bring up fifth edition D and D as an example. If there's going to be something that's going to cause an advantage, well, then that die roll probably that that change probably is going to grant advantage in the game. Roll two D twenty and keep the higher, right? Which is sort of the consistent way that they're rather than using die roll modifiers, that's kind of how they're doing it. Which is it's nice because now I I and, and then. On more than one occasion, it's like, you know what, I bet if, if, if this happens, it just grants advantage. And I go and I look it up, and, and that's exactly what it does. Okay. And that's, to me, that is a, a, a well-designed game system is going to do that. It's, going, it's doing something you don't understand, and then you figure out why. You, you, well, there, 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 there's a certain consistency to the, me- to the game mechanic right. to the point where you can predict... Without reading the rules, what something will do, and then when you go look it up, and go, oh yeah, I was right. Okay, and, and and that, and I mean that's something that Hero does because there's certain types of damage and there's certain types of die rolls and there's 
certain ways to measure success. Now, right. in, in Hero, there happens to be several of those things. And you put varying combinations together to create an, an effect, a game effect, right? Um, I'm speaking very vaguely, because like, if you have a power, the power certain powers might... Um, there, there, there's, there's like three or four different ways to measure how much success you get out of a die roll with powers, right? Yeah. There's yes. certain, there's, there's yes. like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's like two or three different ways of doing it. And, and once you start to see that pattern and you realize it, when you see the pattern, you so, go, you know, I'll bet that pattern uses this way to measure success. And you right. go and you look it up in the big tome. Oh, look, I was right. <laughs> and you were right. Right. Um, and I think that's actually, that kind of consistency is what, to me, is one of the main hallmarks of what I would call a good system. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and basically, for me, everything after that becomes a matter of, is this the flavor of resolution for events that works for the game I'm after? Um, and, you know, whether it's, you know, GURPS or Hero or Savage Worlds or Fate or Ubiquity or Dungeon World or whatever. Um, it's If they have that level, that internal consistency, and in mm-hmm. my opinion all the games I mentioned do, right? Um, then that's going to be a workable game system. When they don't have that internal consistency is when the wheels start to come off the wagon. And that's just a bad game. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily... The, the, the one exception to that that I can see, um, and Hero handles it particularly well because it has this group of resolution mechanics that you can basically divide up, uh, is magic systems. That's where you tend to see all the exceptions. That's where you tend to see all of the unique rules. Right? Even in Savage Worlds, a blast doesn't work the same as w- what a, another... They have different game mechanics. You go and look at all of the spells in any edition of D anD. D. Virtually every spell has its own rule set. Same thing with Gerbs, right? The only thing mm. that doesn't really do that, but it it does it in a toolkitty way, is Hero. Because if you, in Hero, if you make a bunch of spells, right, you can build your own. out of powers, right? There's enough pieces where you can put something together and customize it however you want, it's still staying consistent, but that's because there's so many different resolution mechanics within Hero. You know what I mean? So I think that's where that's where you tend to see that. And I think magic should be that exception to the rule. It's fucking magic. But, right. <laughs> it, it, it's fucking magic. But, okay, going back to using D&D as an example for a second, every spell has its own specific description. Right. But if you boil away... The, the verbiage mm-hmm. and break it down to the impact it has on the game. Right. Okay? We'll, we'll take three common ubiquitous area of effect spells. Mm-hmm. Fireball? Okay, no, n- n- yes, you're right there, but that's not really what I'm talking about. Because that's, that's more of a game balance concern Okay. for the most part. Uh, but a lot of the spells have a narrative effect. They don't have a me- game mechanic effect. Like what? Like charm? Yeah. yeah. Um, charm has the exact same. It doesn't do damage. No. It's a saving throw, though. Um, neither does. Uh, just to use a, a corollary example, neither does puppet in Savage Worlds. Okay. It's. I I know what you're saying, Stu. Well, that, that, well, that, what, in a way, that, magic magic is rule breaky because it's magic. Yes. Yeah. And, and like magic missile always it, hits. It doesn't behave like a normal missile. Right. It, it's a, it's an attack that doesn't require an attack roll. Right. 
therein, intrinsically, right there, it's an exception to the rule. Yes, I, I get it, and I and I, I basically you agree with that though, right? Because it's fucking magic. I think it should be that way, but <clears throat> and that's the that's the that that I'm just saying. Magic rules are the one exception to which I would say not having a consistent rule set is okay. Right. For me. Okay. Only because if I got... Oh, I just earned this spell. It's unique. It's got a set of rules that's different than all of the other spells. And that makes this spell cool. That's why I want this spell. It, you know it does go back to... Yeah, it does. And it does beg the question that Gina brought up early on, which is, you know, uh, y- you still need to treat magic and the, the martial arts the same way, right? If the magic user's out of power out of power points, out of spells for the day, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they can't cast any more spells, the ranger damn well better be out of arrows, too. I, I agree. I, I agree. Because now you're punishing the magic users for, because, and it's for not being like, awesome, for being magic. You can't really... You can't... I don't know. Ammunition is a tough thing to hand wave. Yeah. The closest hand waving I've seen that I, I'm okay with is the Savage Worlds ones, where it's like... It, it's sort of abstracted, kind of. You don't keep track of bullets in Savage Worlds. You... Have a firefight, and then you like I, I don't even remember. You like cross off. You mm-hmm. have less. Yeah, but you don't know how much less. It doesn't really matter how much less. I, ma- I made. But you know, you don't have as much. I had a character with a gun, and I made her keep track. I did too. Because she had one clip. Yeah. She had, she had one of the gun and an extra clip, and if she was out of her sixteen bullets, she was out. Right. So it made her think about how she was going to use them. She couldn't just you know, lay down suppressive fire with her gun. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was afraid of. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. She walks in and just lays down a blanket of machine fire for 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, no. Out of, out of curiosity, what was the story reason why she only had 16 bullets? Because she's she had, a, she had a clip of eight and another clip of eight. Right. And that was it. And the reason was because she's four feet tall and is a thief. And if she carried around a whole bandolero and a bunch of ammo and stuff, she couldn't sneak through air ducts. Dramatically relevant <laughs> to the story. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. She was four feet tall and had this giant forty. Well, you played the game, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I hope we answered your question. We're at thirty-seven minutes. Look at that. Uh, thank you, there, Sullivan Vittles. I love your name. Yep. Yeah. It may be my favorite name. Yeah. I Who would like to read? Oh, I don't know what it means. Creighton's email. Creighton. I'm sorry, Creighton. <laughs> I think he actually says yeah. You. Topic. Okay. Oh, that's just his name on that page. Here we go. Greetings, you magnificent bastards. Oh, that's a uh, patent. Bravo, you magnificent bastard. I read your goddamn book. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am going to keep this short, so here is my question. I am probably going to receive between $150 and $200 in Amazon credit over the holidays Wait. and want to upgrade my RPG library with Mongoose Traveler. Now, aside from the main book, what what two supplements should I pick up? My goal is to use this system to simulate the Firefly and Star Trek. Firefly uh, and Star Trek. I honestly don't think you need any other book. There, there is one. Central I, Supply. I care, that's it. Central yeah. Supply Catalog. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I would recommend it for sure. Because yeah, that's got all Because the, there's, there's some equipment, and there's a pretty good list of equipment in the basic, mm-hmm. in the basic mm-hmm. book. But all the weird shit, and plus it, they've got like <coughs> brand names and all kinds yeah. of stuff in there. That's it true. Actually, adds some. That's the, true. The, the one I point. would add on after that would be ships. Oh, I don't know if I have ships. There's I don't think I there have are ships. a couple different. There are a couple ships. of different, but there's they're numbered, so I like yeah. to get the first one. Yeah. I'm, or the one that seems most appropriate. 
That's that's all. Yes, you're right. I forgot about that. There but are yeah, resources send, online, but sure. actually, actually having the books rather than downloading like, oh, here's a ship here and here's a ship there. As as a note, somebody has posted for up on the webs. You can find a Firefly uh, layout, ship layout. For, oh yeah, I think I, it's system agnostic, so you can yeah. find the Firefly ship and use it um, wherever you want. Go to Google Images and do a search for Firefly ship layout. Yeah, bingo, you will find oh, yeah. multiple maps and uh, some really spiffy diagrams. Yeah, of of Serenity. So, I'm trying to think, Just keep going. what I have. I'm looking through the drive-through RPG because I don't. Rem- I don't have my my books aren't in this room, but I don't remember. I think if there's a second one that I well, would if get. you're old like us and you still have some of your original traveler books, the, a lot of those are still you can plug them into MOT without too much work. Yeah. <coughs> some of them, some of them, the combat system is pretty different. It isn't. Some of them you don't need, like because yeah. they have all of the have scouts in the main book. You don't need scouts in in. For, you know the scout supplement well, that came I, with the original. Well, the the, the the important thing to know is that is that. Is the addition of highly detailed rules in each of those books? Yes. So, like, if you get the Merchant Prince book, yes, you, you're going to get a more detailed merchant character generation system because mm-hmm. the the character generation systems in the main book and in the supplements is totally different. I mean, it, it's it is, true. There's way more yeah. options and stuff. It's yeah, way you get, richer. You get yeah, you get many more um, mishaps. Mishap table is like and, and life events, yeah. all of that stuff. It's just just tons more of it. Plus, in every one of those volumes, in the back of the book, there's expanded rules for something. So, like the Merchant Prince one, which we used when the, in the brief Traveler game that we ran, uh, has very expanded um, trade and commerce rules that are like way more detailed. Okay. And we ended up using those because Dave made a character out of that book. The guy who was playing that was the like Archduke yeah. or something. Um, so, and I'm not sure what comes in the scout one. I would guess battle rules. I'm not positive though, or that might be in the. It's been a long one. time since I've looked at it, so I don't. I, know. I don't remember, but I know that each of those books has expanded rules for some aspect of the game that goes along with the characters you would make from that. They have they have a different. They had some more branches, I believe, as well. Rather than just scout, where you get three, I think it adds right. a couple more branches <laughs> onto it. Um, but. But those aren't game breakers. They just flesh out the game yeah, some more. They, mm-hmm. they expand things. They yeah. don't really alter the basic. I think you're right about the 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 central supply. Central supply. Central catalog supply and, would definitely be the first one. And ships is good and as then well ships because it gives be you because it gives you everything from small craft all the way up to super freighters. And right it, now, yeah. it, does the does the basic book give you the ability to build ships? Yeah, there's a section okay. in the basic book on building okay. ships, and it gives you I don't know a dozen. Different ships, maybe maybe more, maybe about twenty. I haven't counted. I it's been a while since but I've looked at it. So we I don't start remember. from the lifeboat, and I do know there's all the way up to giant freighters. So the, I mean, the last time we started a traveler campaign, we played one session. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> now he's out jogging with Stu. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think and expecting another kid. So you know. Oh yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's expecting eight. Well, <laughs> Gina takes Gina takes umbrage. Yes, he's expecting his, his lovely wife is expecting another child. Well, they're both expecting. He's expecting true. it too. That's, I guess that's true. Not in the euphemistic for being pregnant. No, way. no. But yes, that's although that would spectin. be called awaiting. <laughs> awaiting. I believe yeah. that's called spectin. Spectin. <laughs> spectin. Um, With a couple apostrophes. We know. Hey, there's a PS. We never got to that. 
<laughs> I know. But, uh, uh, but for your second one, I would suggest look at the flavor of the kind of game you want to run. Yeah. And then look at the supplement for that game. And because if you want to run something that's more military, get mercenary. If you want to run something yeah. that's, that's more naval, maybe get the... It's not called High Guard now, is it? The old system was called High Guard. Yeah. It was the, the Navy book. <laughs> or the, the sh- Starship's book. I don't um, remember. But get... And, and you may... And there may be optional rules in there that you go, oh, yeah, the, my guys would really like this. Well, yeah, f- exactly. For example, if you're going to play Firefly, it's going to ask for a different set of books than if you're playing Star Trek. Yeah. Sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Definitely. I don't... I think Mongoose Traveler might be a little gritty for a Star Trek game. I would think so too, because it's all sleek ships and Unless you know. It's Enterprise. Unless it's Enterprise, yeah, 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 which is my favorite of the series. It's good. You're the only one. I oh, I, I love that series. I do too. Do you? I yeah. I'm a DS9 fan though, which is the. Weird I like one. the fact that they fuck up and they're not perfect people. I they're like I, actual people. I like that. <laughs> They just, screw up all the time. I just, and their ship fucks up all the time. Yeah, I just love Jolene Baylock in the, in the sterile sterilizer. Oh, getting her... Yeah. Oh, getting her... Yeah, getting yeah. moved up with the sterili- yeah. sterilization. Exactly. <laughs> Best first episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like HBO. That's what Every show that they put on, it doesn't matter what it is. There will be nudity in it. It in was the a, first episode. Yeah. And they, could, to try to hook you. Got me. <laughs> Uh, in um, what is it? Um, uh, no, it's not, it's not HBO. It's on Showtime. Homeland. Oh yeah. I was gonna say. See, I think of Showtime as being more that they both do. So it, I was trying to, okay. Because even uh, leftovers, leftovers did that on on HBO, but uh, on Showtime, um, Inari from Firefly. Uh huh. She's in it. She gets naked? Yeah. The very I'm, first episode. I may have then, to tune in to Homeland. And then never again. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And, and she's like, uh, spoilers written out. Because so. well, it's, yeah, it's like 24. All the people go away and then they have all new yes. cast next season. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- 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 I've noticed that every first episode there will be nudity in it. And then even if it was like a cable serialized version of Annie, there's going to be, they're going to figure out a way to put nudity in it just to hook you. That's true. It's like the first episode. I started watching True Blood, and oh, the yeah. first episode of True B- True Blood is practically a porn. It is. <laughs> Everybody got naked, <laughs> and then true then they never get naked again. I'm I'm watching it. I'm, I put it on. The kids are in the next room. You're not thinking of. You're like I'm yeah. thinking. It's, I know it's a cable show, but they're not in this room. Uh-huh. I'll just tell them to leave, or I'll pause it if. They, and I'm getting ready to pause it. Like I can't pause it here. There's <laughs> <laughs> kids hanging out. <laughs> Yeah. There's a gladiator one I watched. Same thing. I'm like, oh, that's that's a full, that's a naked oh, gladiator. Oh um, my, stars, right? <laughs> Is that Spartacus? You're uh, talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. I yeah. am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. It was. <laughs> I it was Spartacus. actually pretty good. But I was like, oh well, yeah. That's the boy. That's a naked gladiator. <laughs> that's a lot of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can read the P.S. <laughs> I made it through the backlog, and I'm working on Tyler's pa- podcast now. You really are a glutton for punishment. My job as a postal carrier lets me listen to around 45 hours of podcasts a week. Okay, I don't know if this is a safe combination with these angry making out a podcast and you're a postal carrier. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like gasoline on a fire. I'm not sure if this is a really... I, w- I would just be caution... The use of these. It's been decades since there's been a shooting at a post office. I'm, I'm th- this is enough to start another one. 
he did he does go on to say the mental scars from the aforementioned backlog just makes things fun for the wife and kids <laughs> for now <laughs> pps drink <laughs> your coffee i'll drink my coffee <laughs> pps i'm a dumbass and forgot to leave my name so i'm going to resend this with my name which is creighton pronounced creighton not, like like the Cray computer, it's a ton of Creighton, even though it's Crichton. Yeah, Creighton spelled differently, isn't it? No, that's how uh, that's how Creighton spelled too. Because I used to I used to work with um, Michael. Was it Michael Creighton? Yeah, it's not I before E. His brother. I used to work with him. His brother spells it <laughs> differently. He spells it, it, spells it the same as his brother, <laughs> but it's spelled this way. It's not I before E, huh? No, I think it's I think it's spelled this way. Michael Creighton. Yeah. No, there's no E. Isn't it? Is there no isn't e? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, no, he and Michael. I thought it was. To the Google. It's like Crichton, as I think the Oh, way maybe it, looks. it is. All right. Let's look. Yeah, to All the right. Googles. When, ske- when schedules collide, who would like to read this? Go, Storkage. All right, sure. It's a short one. Uh, when schedules collide, email from Johnny. I currently have a pretty damn awesome group of seven players whose schedules are all changing now or in the very new future. There seems to be no week right... <laughs> Or weekend day, or I'm sorry, no no weekend, no week night or weekend day that will accommodate everyone's schedule, and also the friendly local gaming store that we play at. What is the best way to deal with this? Do I keep the same day, date and time? Pick a new date that works for most people? Do I split the group into two different parties? Find more players for each group and run two separate games? I am a glutton for punishment. Some schedules are still up in the air, but it looks like we won't be able to get more than three players together at a time. Johnny. Boy, we're having this problem now. Yep. Uh, it's always any, a problem. <clears throat> any yeah. of the above. Uh, something that Bill started and Stu has adopted, or maybe Stu started and Bill adopted. And Bill did it first. Uh, is the Google, is Google schedules and calendar. Well, it wasn't even a calendar. It's just a spreadsheet. You, yeah. you get the spreadsheet going. He puts in the dates he's available, and he puts them all over there, and he has everyone's name across mm-hmm. the top. Right, and everybody goes through and clicks through. And then he puts it in Google Calendar, and he sends it to everyone. So that now it's marked in ink. You can't say, oh, I didn't know. Because it will now alert you, with you, hey, you have a game on Saturday. Right. Or, and, you know, hey, you have a game in two hours. So it, it's kind of a double backup system that he uses. But that way it allows everybody to fill in the time that they're able to, to make it work. Now, it sounds to me like that whether you keep a spreadsheet or not, you still can't find a time when everybody's available. Right. right. And we've all had that problem. And hopefully you have players that say, look, I'm just not available. I just can't make. Monday nights or right. whatever it is, I, and they mm-hmm. they bow out before the game even starts. Yeah, um, since they're playing at a game store, <clears throat> they're somewhat limited with the times that the store will let them play. That's true. So, I, I think that my recommendation would be um, you know, find the time with that where you can get the most players and the game store, and go with that. And if the other players want to have another time that works for them, do something for them if you want to, and then you know flesh out both groups as needed. You run multiple games a week, I mean, and you always have. I, I can't imagine doing that. I'm, I'm kind of a one-game kind of guy. I just would sort of like devote all my energy to one thing. So, I, I mean, uh, let's just say, let's play devil's advocate. Let's just say that, well, although he says he's a glutton for punishment, let's just say that, mm-hmm. I mean, because my idea is just to pare it down to one working group that's able to meet for six which, months at yeah, a time. Which you know? would be, you know, and for the others, like, oh, sorry, you know, this is when we can do the game. Right. I think, I think that's a plan, for sure. But I, I kind of like the idea, if you're willing to run two games a month or in, uh, every other week, 
uh, running two smaller groups uh, in the same world and seeing how they affect each other. He doesn't say what he's running, does he? No. No. The other thing you can do, which is what I did with the Infinite Worlds thing, is each session is a mission. And uh-huh. the the people running the organization might send different people on different Absolutely, missions. Absolutely. Yeah. A series of one shots that's, or that's two shots. An, essentially. Yeah, no, that'd be really good. <laughs> that's an exceptional so, idea. So that, that that way everyone who can make it can make it. And if someone can't make it that week or you switch the day and maybe you have it on Wednesday nights and then you have it on Friday nights or whenever. <laughs> so that you, know, you can get coverage and everyone gets to play once in a while. Yeah. You can do it that way too. Um, Depends on what you're playing. If Jim, no one's interested Jim in playing. Ryan says, pick your favorite three players and shunt the remaining ones <laughs> off to a subgroup with a sub GM. Well, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't mean inferior. I'm, I'm sure he, he just means. Oh, it's Jim secondary. Ryan. I'm, I'm sure what he means is to put yeah. the second group into a, an amber diceless game. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, that would be a reward. Is it to- <laughs> was it Tomes that suggested yes, this? Tomes. Um, Tomes. I pronounce it the Spanish way. Oh, okay. Uh, he suggested doodle.com, and I'm looking at it right now. That basically is kind of what we do with a spreadsheet, and it it's just a thing. It's like you put in the, the date brackets, and people go in and check when they're available. And that's something I was going to say, thing. which is when I make a commitment to something, I, barring hell or high water, not hangovers, not sleeping too late, whatever, I make that a commitment. I make that time. I mean, yeah, right. stuff happens, you know tragic life stuff and you just can't make it but for the most part if i know three weeks on down the line i've got a game on saturday night i talk to my wife uh-huh. i make sure that the kids are all thinking i'm like i'm going to be at bill's house from three to ten and we're going to be gaming is that okay yeah because i've bro- written it in a schedule and i'm able to plan my life around that one day so part of it is just knowing ahead of time which is why the spreadsheets are useful that there's a game coming up so that you can organize your life around it yeah. see I, I like the regular day and time thing I do too, because that yeah. way I can build Plan. my schedule yep. around it. Right, I, I can agree. say, "Oh, sorry," because that's what we're doing with the D and D thing. I mean, we're we're, we're going to have an exception uh, for the next game. Um, but it's, but it's an, an exception. It's, it's an, an exception. exception right. Talk it out ahead of time. Monday nights. Yeah, yeah. It's well, Monday nights. We yep. do the same thing with the games that that we run. Um, you know, the Deadlands game is these two Sundays every month, unless something happens. Is it like the first and the third, or the second and the fourth? Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then you know the the Pathfinder game is this particular Saturday. I guess I guess the point is that you know the games are coming up. You plan your life accordingly. Yeah, it's yeah. just like rehearsal with the Boggards. We know mm-hmm. it happens at this time, and we know fairs coming up. We know we make it for eighteen years. And unless day nights, occasionally they're canceled for you know dramatic yeah. reasons, and it's and that happens. But that's different than just. Every week, it's a whole, well, I can't make it, I can't make it. It's like, no, you schedule it, you set it down, and you go. And yep. if the person can't make it, that's their loss. They have to say, I'm not going to be able to play this game. Right. I can't make Thursday right. nights. And, right. you know, we have had um, we've had players who have had to bow out of the Deadlands game because they couldn't couldn't be, you know, do, the, right. do it when we do it. Um, and, um, you know, it's like, eh, sorry. I don't game very often. And you know why? I don't have the time. I just can't. I can't be out every weekday. And I weekends are full. I've got kids. I've got family. I've got shop. I've got stuff to do. Or I, so I just can't leave my house and go and game every weekend as much as I would like to. And I know that. And I set up my life accordingly. I pretty much can only do one game. Uh, you know, however, right. whatever it's running. I cannot do multiple games. I just my life is. But but again, I guess the key is that I know that going in that I have this limited time frame of my life, and I can't. And and it's unfair to other people to to 
say, yeah, I want to do this, and right. then you're right. there for three, and then you're like, uh, you know what, my schedule changes. If your schedule changes at work, that's not your fault. But if you're like, uh, you know, um, I can't make this Thursday one. nights are, this are, 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 are first blood, or true blood night, and I would need to see new Suki naked, so I'm not going to show up. DVR, dude, DVR. Uh, uh, yeah, well, whatever the reason. <laughs> no, right. no, I, I agree, I agree. I guess right. that's flaking rather than schedules, but... Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it's priorities. I mean... I guess that's the point. You should, I mean, if everybody knows ahead of time, you can work... Even though you're busy, you can work out your schedule and prioritize, right? Right. It's only when you spring it on them, like, hey, let's game in two days. And there are going to there are gonna be some people who are not going to make showing up to a game a priority. No. Mm-hmm. And that, that, is, that just, that just yeah, happens. That is just a statement of fact. You know, or... or Shit's going to come up, or I mean, we there's people in our band who don't make rehearsal priority, and if they have no hesitation, yeah. ha- finding something else to do on a Thursday. I've actually turned down work for games. I had uh, they were supposed to work a weekend, and I ended up going to the con, mm-hmm. and I ended up there was a uh, the Bills Traveler game. I knew it was coming up, and I said to them, uh, "I have something happening on Sunday," and they were like, "Well, okay." Uh, we're going to work. Some of us will work on Sunday. You can get the day off. I'm like, right. But I, I lost work to play the game because I knew it was coming up. Right, right. right. But not everyone does that. No. No, not and I think depending that. on the number of people you have in your game, if you kind of set up the expectation that if more than half of us are here, we're going to play without sure. you or, right. you know, stuff like that, too. Uh, email from Marco Polo. Dear Happy Jack in the Boxes, Marco here. I do not have a forum name, for I have yet to join the forums. I have been listening for three to four seasons now, have yet to tackle the backlogs, and must say that your podcast has been so enjoyable that it has broken my several-year hiatus of listening to gaming podcasts. Oh, okay. okay. I, I was puzzled over that for a bit. So he was burned out on gaming podcasts. But Took we've... several years off, found us, started listening again. Gotcha. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I need some help in a role-playing game that I am running... The game is full of a lot of newer players who are used to playing or listening to stories about more over-the-top action and shenanigans, something that I am not familiar with playing, let alone running. I have run several sessions of a more structured game with a big storyline and enough plot hooks to give them options, but no, not overwhelm them. I was hoping to entice them into a game that is more of a pacing that I could handle, hoping to show them that a game doesn't have to be over-the-top to be good. There are several players that are great, and there is a good interaction between the player characters. My issue is the storyline and how to deal with some of the players' disadvantages that I am unsure how to set up stories to include. Uh, There is a character, not player, who is just an information spout, doesn't do combat well, and is somewhat antisocial. I am having trouble with coming up with ways to include him in more than he knows X and then moving on. Okay, so this is an NPC? No, it's a player character, but his thing is knowledges. It says there is a character, not player. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Then there is a player who is a power gamer that doesn't know the ins and outs of role-playing very well. That is, trying to role-play and everyone encouraging him to do so in a positive way. How can I help him to learn to speak in character, like his character would, especially if he doesn't know how his character would put it? Also, I think that the players who want the more over-the-top shenanigans are getting a bit bored. What do I do? Well, we have several parts of questions here. Um, 
Should I go ahead and do PSs and then we'll just yeah, yeah, there's only a couple. P.S. I might as well plug the convention that I help set up and run while I am here. It's called Save Against Fear, held in September in Lancaster, pronounced Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Which is different than Lancaster we right. have mm-hmm. up here. It is run by a nonprofit organization called the Madonna Group that aims to help all sides of sexual abuse therapy through gaming. The websites are in the show notes. Uh, PPS, take a drink, and thanks for reading my e- long email, if you do, and any help that you could give me. First of all, I'd like to say that's a really interesting uh, con. I actually know a yeah. handful of people that could probably use that game. Yeah. Probably use that con. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's an awesome thing. Yeah, Very cool. Um, to address his, his question... Um, because there are actually question the first there are a couple parts here right Uh, the first thing I would would address is if some of your group is looking for something that's more cinematic over the top you know shenanigans what I would do is I would try to aim for the middle and say I'm going to try to give them some of what they want and some of what I want and we'll find a place in the middle where we're comfortable that's kind of how I would approach that problem and if it's a a thing that I'm not familiar with, a genre I'm not familiar with, or just a flavor that doesn't that I'm not familiar with, what I would do is immerse myself in that thing. I would find you know books, music, movies, TV shows that kind of illustrate the thing that I'm trying to aim for, and I just watch and listen and read, and because that's my way of of doing of setting up for gaming games anyway, is to just pour myself into the thing that I'm trying to emulate in the game. My suggestion, actually, is to play Numenera. Because it allows okay. you to do all kinds of wacky, crazy things. It has an emphasis on role-playing. It's sort of a reward, sort of a carrot-and-stick kind of thing. There's also, the world is so interesting and rich that you can add everything from technology gone run amok to primitive technology to you know man-eating plants. So there's a little bit of everything. And you can the world is flexible enough that you could play it in a city, even, and just make it like a medieval city. And outside are all these wacky, weird things. I think that it gives you the permission and the flexibility to, to give everybody what they want. Um, again, maybe that's just a rephrasing of aim for the middle. <laughs> I... I don't know if I'd say aim for the middle. It depends on how many Mediocrity people... rocks! Come on! <laughs> it's not mediocrity. If you have six players and four of them want this kind of over-the-top shenanigan-filled game, I think you kind of have to go that way more frequently than the other than the other way. I mean, the jam's a player, too. Um, so you can definitely insert the aspect of the game that you prefer... Um, but I think you. Yeah, I think. I think you have you, to go with. I saw that fake the, reference. The by the way, player. The players are your audience. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the way I look at it. I do too. And you want to give the audience. You want to entertain the audience. You want to give the audience what they want. If you're not, why the fuck are you doing it? Oh, that's that was the other point I would have made. <laughs> is that, I mean, that that's that's but that's where I come from. Mm-hmm. And I I get I derive a lot of the satisfaction of running a game. Yep from that if you don't like that kind of game because i could see running a game that's more like a sitting around the study mm-hmm. drinking tea and you know discussing who might the, the murderer be and playing in that kind of a game and you want to have that sort of like low action low key 
cerebral let's sit down and try to figure out what's going on game that could be a lot of fun absolutely but there's something your players want to play it's the opposite end of the spectrum too where you're playing a high tactical combat game right people are moving miniatures around and they're working out cover and they're trying to and because that can also be a lot of fun but they're two completely different exactly yeah and ends of the spectrum i don't think there's anything wrong with because i agree with you and that's i i I would be curious about what percentage of GMs come from it from that angle, where it's like the excitement and the um, the gratification for you is really, you know, what you feel like you're getting your from your players, right. like how excited yeah, right. they yeah. are. But the other thing is too, sometimes they don't know what they want or what new thing they might want until you show them. So I'm cool with you. In, in- Totally possible, right. absolutely. Um, but if they start, if you're like trying to run the, we're right. going to sit around in the parlor and discuss things game, and they're sitting there, right? Oh God, <laughs> cell phone out, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. wake up and say, okay, they don't like this shit, right? They're not, they're not digging that, right? And, and I guess the reason that I kind, I went to the kind of aim in the middle sort of thing is because he said that he was didn't know it and was uncomfortable with it. So, yeah, yeah. So. We've got kind of a disconnect between what some of the players and some they, have say, said they prefer right. and what his comfort, what his wheelhouse is. It, it, exactly. Right. So by aiming kind of in the middle, everybody gets some of what they want. Everybody can kind of can maybe develop a little bit of comfort with the other side and kind of gravitate towards a balance point that gives everybody a game that they're that they're happy with. Yeah. That, that also brings up starting a whole new system, because now everybody is on a level playing field. You can reinvent your characters. You can start over again with a different system in a different world that everybody's learning together. Is this a continuing game that he's running? It kind of sounds like it, Seems yeah. Seems like it, yeah. Okay. I think so. Um, you know, if they really like, you know, getting over-the-top, you know, shenanigans... Anime-style combat. Yeah. Exalted is your game. There you go. Exalted is yeah. your yeah. game. Yeah, because I mean, I've never played Exalted, but I've read enough about it and heard enough about it that um, it, that I mean, that is what it is designed to do. Right. As as answering some of his questions about specific characters, you know, I'm not. There's no magic bullet for these. These are all because I, I don't know these people. So you, I mean, to my mind, the antisocial uh, information font is probably doing the best he can. Uh, the only way I, you you could challenge him is like putting him in a library or having him discuss philosophy and or having to solve riddles and puzzles. Yeah, but that's you can only do so much of that. I, well, I get it. And I don't know that you have to be the straight man setting up there, or maybe you are the straight man setting up there. You just have to do what you do. They're going to bring. They're going to bring their game. They're going to yeah. bring that game. What they mm-hmm. can. Yeah. So I don't think it's that you have to get in their mindset necessarily. It's it's like if that's their playing style, they're going to. You, you can put them in a library with the you know the smoking jacket and the and the scotch and the you know the investigative game, but they're going to bring what they bring anyway. So I don't right. think you have to worry so much. about And that. I think it sounds like your power gamer is well on his way. He's doing the best he can with role playing. He's just going to get better at it. I think so too, and I think not pushing him hard in that direction, but occasionally saying, hey, how would character X say yeah. that? You know, what and would you say in that situation? I, I totally agree with that, and I would say lead by example. Yeah, lead by example. Yeah. That's the best way you're going to encourage Always, it. Always Is interact it? with him, with the NPC, yeah. with, a, with a voice or whatever. As never a, break. As a GM, <coughs> one of my, my goal states is speak as the NPC in first person, act as the P, as the NPC in third person. Bill does a good job at that. And I, I try to do the same thing as a player character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I speak 
in the first person and I act in the third yeah, person. A- narrate action. Narrate action. Speak dialogue. Speak dialogue, yeah. exactly. Um, and as a GM, I try to do the same thing. So my recommendation to him on that would be do that. You know, speak your dialogue. Just And, you know, give them, a, even if it's a dopey, corny voice, give them a, a funny, give them a voice that's theirs. Makes them memorable. Mm-hmm. And those sorts of things will start to rub off on the people you play with. It give it gives him it's going to give him tacit permission to do it because yes. yeah. I guarantee you the reason he's not doing it is because he doesn't want to feel silly. He doesn't want to feel silly. So he doesn't want to look like a dork. So if you go ahead and do it and you show that it's okay to be silly, we're sitting here playing a fucking role playing game and we're adults. Yeah. Come on, yeah, what the fuck? yeah. <laughs> we're being children now, and right? It's, <laughs> it's, and you're just it's immersion. After a while, if you keep interacting with if your NPCs interact with him. With voices and and never break, and he asks a question like, um, um, I, "I don't, I don't, I don't want to scare him or anything." It's like, "All right, cool." Yeah. And then he says, "You're not scaring me." Um, you you just keep it up. I yeah. think eventually, yeah. I, it sounds like he's coming a long way as it is. If you just give him more I time, so I think he's going to work it sure. out. Sure. Tom yeah. says, uh, kind of something similar to what we were saying, but if maybe the GM doesn't run that kind of game, like maybe they just aren't used to being shenanigany, but you could still have. Uh, players have shenanigans in an otherwise serious style game as long as you yes and them, humor them, and are fans of their story. Mm-hmm. So well Always. Yep. Always be a fan of their story. Yes. yes. You go. What, do you, uh, what about the question about introducing disads? I think... Here, here's something like he that, says he struggles with that. Here's something that I do, because I have a hard time just keeping it in my head what disads characters have. So I actually keep a list. I have a... It's, a note on my on my screen that says it's the character and then here are their disheads. The character and here are their disheads. And that way, you know, I, I can kind of like glance over at that and go, eh, okay. And then when I see something, I can kind of try to trigger that or key on that. You see that? Th- that sheet, if I'm using a GM screen, which I haven't been lately because I'm using my laptop because of fucking OneNote, which... <laughs> I love one note. All of my games. I love one note. Oh my god! You have to thank for that. Jesus. I I mean, I. But God, it is so everything. (laughs) Anyway, but until then, it is the holy grail of software for GMs. It is uh, absolutely. But uh, before that, when I was using Kool Aid, tastes a little bitter. Is there something in it? (laughs) (laughs) Arsenic or something? Almondy. Yeah, it is. A little almondy, a little Mm. bitter. It's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. Just go with it. But but yes, um, and. when I use the GM screen, one of the panels because GM sc- the insides of GM screens are fucking useless. All of them. I but agree. One of the panels is the characters with their disads. Yep. And, uh, and, or what it is, yeah. you know, their weaknesses, or whatever it is that storyline wise, I can go after if they have dependence or you know, or they have close ties with their family or you know, they're greedy or whatever it is. The, those little weaknesses that they've mentioned to me, those go down on a on that on one of the panels because that's important shit. It's yeah. way more important than the cost of a beer in a tavern. Well, yeah, which is yep. what you find in a lot of. And here's, yeah, here's something I noticed Bill doing, and that's something I need to remember to do, and I and I can do it with Freak Show, and that's know the pe- know the players' characters very well. Right. Be, if part and parcel of being a fan of the 
of the, what the characters are playing, be a fan of the characters as well. And if you mm-hmm. understand their characters, if you've taken the time to really glom onto the characters and look at them, you'll know what their motivations are. Yeah. You'll know what their disads are. Mm-hmm. And you won't have to constantly go back and check every time you do stuff. So take some time. Have your players hand the character sheets to you and spend some time with them. Learn those characters. Ask questions about the characters so that you get a chance to understand them. And I think it'll be easier for you to play those characters. Yeah. Bill on his Traveler game has been doing a remarkable job at weaving everybody's backstories right. and playing off people's personality quirks because he's taking the time to learn those characters. Something I'm sorry. able to do that with Freak Show because I built the characters the character. and you've right. played the characters enough now you're just familiar with them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Something that I have, have just started doing is um, and, and you could do this with other things, but Hero Lab, uh, I, I use Hero Lab for my for the Pathfinder game that we run. And H- what Hero I've Lab's is, a great program, by the is, way. It really I, is. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and recommend it because I use it for Savage yeah, Worlds stuff now too. I, I use it for Savage Worlds, uh, but what I've done is I've put the the file that has the player characters in it into Dropbox so that everybody in the game can access that one file. And they can just pop it open, do their thing in Hero Lab, and save it. The downside is that everybody can see everybody else's characters. That is... Okay, so you could do it where you've got all these different files, but... I like you could, them with Dropbox, one, you, could still, you could make it accessible could only by that. that character. Yes, you could, st- you could totally do that. But my point is that, that there's a common place where the player and I can access their character sheet. Right. And then anything that gets updated on that, I can see. But and I can go to that, and I can look at it, and I can go, okay, these are the things that that you know they're doing, and the things that that matter to them. So I haven't have a, have access to that. That's true, because if they level up or buy equipment, you're not going to remember that they had the plus one sword yeah. they picked up in the store the other day. I forgot. Yeah. You know, because you, um, you only remember the characters from when they first came well, out. So I understand being able to keep up on the updates for sure. Th- so the point being that it, you have this information in a centralized location yeah. that yeah. everybody can yeah. access. True. Makes it. it I think it's it make it's going to make life easier for everybody. Well, I think. I, I know with with like Bill's traveler, he had us all hand our character sheets to, at mm-hmm. the end of character creation, so he could spend time with them, yep. write them down, and get to know them. I know Stu did the same thing with this moment of truth. He had us just hand the character sheets to him, so he could get some time yeah. to sort of look at it, figure Absolutely. out what he could do with them. I I had everyone emailed me their characters. I love to have copies of character sheets. Yeah. In I, fact, I damn near require it. I, I, I don't in the fourth edition or the fifth edition game we're playing because they're all, they're only second level right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's a little harder to do when you just have a pickup game, kind of like everybody show, pre-roll your characters and show up. It's a little harder to do. Sure. It's kind of a one-shot kind of deal. But I I really am a big fan of, it, of the GM getting, you know, and then and then if they have questions, they can ask the character, by, either by email or right there in yeah. person. Like, I see your family is lesser nobility. What does that mean? You know, or is a factor? What does that mean? Is, did they say narrate that for me. Did they say narrate? Or at least flesh that out a little because this might come into play. If, you know, if, you're, if he's a... Works in the fashion. If your parents work in the fashion district and there's a fire, I mean, wait, something wait, might you're happen. gonna you're gonna use my backstory. Well, uh, I don't have a backstory. Or no, I, 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 I have no family. Yeah. And, and it's the same with disads. It's like if you're afraid of heights, you know. Let me, you know, don't just hide that. You can't well, just show like, up. The chat room makes a couple really good points because I think it, these are situations where it doesn't necessarily just impact that character. Uh, Tom says. Uh, yes to that. Keep ads and disads up top. In some systems, that's just stats and skills, too. Uh, not everything has to be roles. If someone is the least agile, make them the one to trip the trap. Uh, someone is very perceptive. Have uh, have them see that... 
Oh, have them see the thing that needs to be seen, especially if there is no role you will uh, you will associate for this fine, but make their characters the triggers for events through these disads, etc. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, Jim uh, Ryan says it's also helpful when you can get the system to encourage folks to play to their disadvantages, uh, kind of a hit this character note, get this reward thing. Uh, and yeah, because because you have to mitigate you have to mitigate the punishment aspect. Uh-huh. Like if your character is not agile, you don't want them constantly fucking up to the point where they're like you know it feels like they're being picked on. So you do need to maybe reward the fact yeah. that they're playing up their disad. <laughs> it's a character yeah, stick cool. thing. Uh, Absolutely. All right, and that was who? Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Marco. That, that was Marco. Bola. Thank uh, you, Marco. Um, all right, last email. Back to you, there's shirt. You. Email from Conflicted in the Carolinas. Something there's a song in there somewhere. Uh, hello, Happy Jackers. First time writer, take a drink. You may need it. Uh oh. I have a gaming group that has been going for about a year. Long story short, there is one player in this group that doesn't mesh with the other players playing st- play style. Uh, we're all heavy RPers and chatty Cathy's. I've never heard the term chatty Cathy. Really? No. Really? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're lying. Yeah, absolutely. I've really? heard the term Chatty Cathy. Yeah. I swear to you. Did you have to Google it? I I haven't. I just I didn't read these. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just put do. them in a list. I did it was a short enough show where I read them all before I put them in. Um no, I'd I'd noticed that. I'd never heard that before. That's funny. my mother used to use it all the time and yeah, I use Cathy. it with my kids. Very common. Just a bunch of Chatty Cathy's. I wonder if it's a regional thing. Are you all anyone in Southern California? Mm-hmm. Native West Coast thing? I think there was. Are a, y'all kidding me? I think there was a doll. <laughs> I think there was a doll in the seventies called Chatty Kathy. There must I don't know have if it was named after like this event or, but I think my sister had one. Uh, he's pure Munchkin mo- murder hobo. This is the other player that doesn't match with the Chatty Kathys. Right. In he's addition, a, you know, Chatty Kathy's boyfriend should be murder hobo. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much Barbie and, and G.I. Joe right there exactly <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs> there it is the Chatty Cathy doll Chatty Cathy doll it, it, it was no snarky kidding. as yeah. hell it looks 70s it was really it funny it would say the funniest things wow See, See, my sisters f- were all a lot older were playing with dolls they so would have never they would have had that but I, I yeah but, yeah, but it, they would have gotten rid of it by the time <laughs> I came around or hit you over the head with it right Maybe, yeah, maybe I blocked it out. Um, <laughs> in addition, I've never seen him fail a roll. Is he implying he cheats? Uh, yes, okay. and that's a totally different problem. Reading between the lines. All right. Uh, he he also has some issues where he takes people not agreeing with his ideas during the game very personally. Very serious. Problem number three. Uh, recently, our GM approached me and everyone else in the game group uh, except Captain Murder Hobo regarding this situation. We've all agreed that he's just not meshing with the rest of our playstyles. The issue I'm having is the method chosen to get him out of the game. Captain Murder Hobo is a good person and a veteran. However, he is somewhat quick to anger and easily offended. The rest of us are fairly standard non-confrontational geek types, even though there are two other vets in the game group. The agreed-upon solution to get Captain Murder Hobo out of the game is to pretend that we are all suddenly become too busy to play and over the course of several play sessions make it seem like the game has died a natural death while we continue to play in secret. I'm not entirely comfortable with this. However, I am neither the host nor the GM, so I don't feel it's really my call. 
I feel like I should tell Captain Murder Hobo, however, if I do and everything explodes, I might damage my connection with the rest of the group. The question isn't if Captain Murder, Captain Murder Hobo is out, but how. This is happening one way or another over the next couple weeks. Opening another combat-focused, munchkin-friendly game isn't practical due to everyone's schedules. My advi- Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Sincerely, Conflicted in Carolinas. Uh, take a drink. I know I did while writing this. Cheers! Yeah, this is a tricky situation. I, Indeed. For, first, my first hmm. question I would want to know is, and we should probably answer it both ways, is this person a personal friend? Or is this just someone you game with? Right. Because my answer would be different. Yes. How would you answer it if it's a personal friend? If it's a personal friend, I would not do that. That is going to damage your friendship. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're basically going to lie to the guy to his you're, face. You're not going to do what? You're not going to tell him, or you're not going to not tell him. You're. That doesn't make sense. I would not. <laughs> I would. I would not go with the plan as agreed right. upon. Ah, right. Because if he's it was a personal out. friend, right? He's going to find out. Yeah. He's going to be hurt, angry, whatever. Yeah, and, and he's going to be right. And at he, that he's going to be justified. Sure. Now, if if this is someone you just game with, and it's like I don't really give a fuck if I see this person ever again, I don't have a problem with doing it that way. The only thing is, I, I have a certain level of of discomfort with the dishonesty part of it. Um, I think mm-hmm. that were it me, um, my position would be: I am ending this game. We're done. No, I, there's no discussion. There's no debate. There's no explanation. It's just the game's done. And then I would start a new game with the people. That I that, that's my solution to it. But I would effectively give, the same thing. It is, but I would also give it time in between. I wouldn't start it next week. I would give it two or three months lie. later and invite the people it's, you wanted but it's to play. Not, it's not a lie. Well, Stu, <laughs> let me put it, it this way. Let me put it this way. Well, let me put it this way. When you had your 4E game right. and it got big and unmanageable and unwieldy, eventually... I started a whole different game. Right. Right. <laughs> I, 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 but you invited the people back from that game that you wanted. That's because I didn't want to play with 11 people anymore. Well, that's true. Okay. But... Okay, just saying. Oh well, yeah. Because the lie in what in what they're saying, in my opinion, is oh well, we just can't schedule it. We just can't. We just, okay, and then right. okay, but to say for the the GM to say I'm just ending it. He didn't have to give an explanation. I don't see the difference. I really don't see the difference. It's lying by omission, basically. It, you're not you're not actually saying why you're ending it to him. You're still just ending it and then starting again, knowing full everyone knowing full well it's going to start up. Again. Yeah, it's a. That that's that's like that's like the that's like the 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 power gamer found the Munchkin loophole in the rules way of not lying. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not technically lying. It's not right. technically a lie, but effectively it's the same thing. If it's a personal friend, it would have the same effect. Let me put it that way. That's uh, that I do not disagree. If it's with. a personal friend, he would be just as hurt and offended. If it's a, if and it's I think justifiably so. If it's uh, and I think justifiably so. If it's a personal friend, it's going to be a okay, dude. You and I need to have a talk. Right. You and I need to sit down and have a talk away from everyone else because what you're doing is not working. What's What's the difference between ending a game, letting time go by, and starting a new game with new people that you've invited to your party? Invited, you know, as a GM invited, is that different? And if you just don't invite enti- the other if you're guy. Running an entirely different I, campaign. Yeah, I think that's, that's different. different. I think that's I, different. Uh, but. I, I, Starting a totally new, different campaign. As a matter of fact, when when Gina yeah. and I were talking about this coming up here, one of the things I said was, start a totally new campaign with new characters and everything. Yeah, to to me that's different enough. It is different, but um, you're still. But that's still, if it's a personal friend, that's still excluding. Yep. 
it's it still effectively has this is going to have the same hurt feelings for the same reason. And I don't if, know that they're willing to do that because the implication I'm they want to keep playing this game. They're keep planning. It's not with yeah, this guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if if it's a personal friend, like I said, this it's a whole different equation, and that's going to be it, dude. We need to talk, and it needs to be one on one. Whoever it is that's going to take that bullet. Well, and right. maybe literally. Here's, here's yes. the, in more, <laughs> yeah, we had that. <laughs> we, did, we did have that one horror story about the right. girl who, in, their, in her apartment. But more to the point, he, he he says this is happening anyway. He feels like he's obligated to talk to this guy outside of the gaming without the GM dealing with it. it I mean, that's sort of like. I don't know. See, he's, it's like he's going to end up spilling the beans, and I and think, then you're throwing other people under the bus. Yeah, yeah. There, and that you also have you run the risk of them getting mad at you as well right. as the murder hobo. Well, I think the alternative is that you know you have to just be straight with the guy. It or, doesn't sound like he's going to take it well. It doesn't sound it like he's going to take it well like regardless. Because he's, no, he's well. playing a it, game and he get takes things personally that what's are happen game when playing. Yeah. yeah. See, that, that's why I don't have a problem. If you don't know this guy and, and, and yeah. you are not invested in your relationship with this guy whatsoever, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I mean, right. it's not, I mean, they're gonna, you're gonna get, they're gonna get some people who are gonna email us and say, no, you should tell him, you owe it to him to tell him. And if you wanna make it your responsibility to go around and fix everyone on the planet, which you God can't bless do. you. Yeah. Go, go well, do you can't. It. And this sounds like this I'm guy is very that. confrontational. And yeah. some people love confrontation. They love to go toe to toe and scream and yell. And this sounds like this guy, whether he whether he means to do it, whether it's a part of his personality or not, tends to fly off the handle if anything doesn't go his way. Right. And it sounds like it's either way, it's going to this is going to be ugly. And I don't think you telling him outside of the game or whatever is going to mitigate that. I think all that's going to no. do is make everyone else mad at you as well. So I think I think you just yeah. I think you need to be. I, I would not take it upon myself to go ahead and do this while the rest of them are planning this other thing. I would. You all kind of need to be on the same page. Yeah, I, agree I think that's with that. important because then you're going to damage. Yeah, you're standing. You're, he's right. He's going to damage the yes. standing in the in yes. this other group. Whether you want to just as a group say, "Dude, you suck. We're tired of it. Get out." I wouldn't do it as a group. I'd need to be one person. Or yeah. then, he, then he's you, definitely going to be. Or if you just send an email and you all sign it, or if the GM just takes the hit and he uh, signs it. I think it. this is a GM responsibility. Or the or the or the person it, that's closest or to the, him, or, or the per, that, or or it could be the the guy whose house it's at. Yeah. He has that right too, assuming that's not the GM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I again, I don't know. The GM is sort of the one that I think has to take the hit for that. It's it's kind of like being the boss of the of the company. It's like sometimes you have to fire people, and and some people don't take it well. But that's part of the job of being the boss, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And as a GM, technically, and that's why you get the big bucks as a GM. And that's why you get the big bucks. As the <laughs> wait, wait, GM. wait, 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 what? Oh, you don't know? <laughs> you don't, you're not part of the union, <laughs> dude. The severance package Damn. sucks, but. <laughs> Um, it's uh, a de- decent dental plan. That's all I want, and, and that'll take the pressure off of everybody. I think, except for the GM. But it's kind of has to be one person has to sit around and say, "Listen, man, you're out. I can't have you in my game anymore." Well, and I'm wondering why, why, why it would go to this point. Do, has there been a conversation? Yeah, that, that? that's another question has, I would want to know. Yeah, are we so non-conflict oriented that we're not going to have the conversation about how the play styles seem differing, but we're going to do that? When somebody is so angry, you just don't want to confront them. I've, I've worked with people like that, where you just don't give them notes. Or if you do, you couch it with, yeah, well, I, I, I think I may have screwed up this wall. Can you, um, I, I, you want to help me fix it? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. 
you make it seem like it was your fault because right. otherwise he's going to get oh, fuck you. I didn't you go yeah. fuck you and they storm off because they're never wrong. Right. And, and yeah, it sucks you have to deal with childish people like that. I think he's genuinely afraid of this person. It sounds especially since he never fails a role. This guy doesn't like to lose. Well, I imagine most human beings shy away from con- conflict like that if they don't have to. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, most. most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. It, it could be that they've just had so much of this guy, they just don't even try, yeah. you know? Um, and maybe, who knows? Maybe that just disagreeing in character, he gets personally pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm that willing to yeah. give this asshole notes yeah. either. If he gets, <laughs> if he gets, you know, that angry because someone disagrees with what he wants to do in the game, it's like, eh, yeah. But I, I still don't think I would want to be. I, I would take the passive aggressive route. I again, I can put it in band terms. When you're the leader of a band, it's it's your job. You know, the rest of the band might not like somebody or something's just going on, and eventually they go to the leader, and the leader goes, okay. That's, that's different. Is it? Be- yes, because if I, let's say I, I want Stork out of the band. I'm going to tell everyone, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell Stork that we're going on hiatus. <laughs> we're going to keep rehearsing, because we've got a gig in July, so no one tell him, and just everyone has other plans, and we'll just hide. And then next thing you know, July comes around, and we're doing a show. Right. Right. <laughs> That, but that's, everyone's like, gee, Stork, why weren't you on stage? That's my point. It's up to the GM. It's up to the leader well, of the band to, but, to to address the problem and say, Stork, you're out. You, you could, suck, and I'm tired of you. Right. And, it, the, and this the, is a situation where the where the, the this guy is not a personal friend, and he's not part of your social circle otherwise, other than this game. Eh. I, do the passive aggressive thing. I don't care. But if you if you ha- okay if you had to fire me from the band, I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> how would you do it? I would just tell you to stork your fire. That's what I'm saying. Right, but that's because we're personal friends. That's not because... And it's a mm-hmm. band. It's a different thing. But if it was a game, I don't I don't have a problem if you want to take the take the non-confrontational route. Really? If it's someone that you don't have mm. any yeah. any I, investment in, in a friendship with or anything like that, I don't have a problem with it. Does mm-hmm. it it's... I don't to, care because, to my mind, I would. I think all the players would talk to the GM, and I, as if I were the GM in this game with this player, and they'd say, "All right, guys." Well, I will it. say this situation it is, to a certain extent, probably kind of a failure of the GMs. Could be. I yeah. would say that yeah. certainly. But if it's gotten to the point where everyone's already ha- come up, come to the conclusion, we don't want to play with this guy anymore, and everyone's on that page. Yeah, and yeah. it sounds like everyone is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's wrong to to just cut your losses and not worry about it and just say oh, we don't want this guy around yeah. let's just get rid of him I still would if my players came to me and said about it I would, as a GM would say alright I'll handle it and I would be the one to talk to him I would send him a well worded email and I would explain I would not even mention the rest of the players I'd let them off the hook in case they needed to say dude man I don't know it's really sad it was unfair whatever but I would let just the GM be the dick you have to I think you can't make I don't think it can I don't think it could be one sided like that I don't think the GM could say you're out of my game um, mm-hmm. That's just that's just my own comfort zone regarding whose game is it because I do believe it's everyone's game. Right. I think it has to be represented as, look, the players have said this, and I tend to agree with them, so you're out. Mm-hmm. I don't now. I would do that if I think that's probably how. I don't, no, no, it isn't. I, I've I've cut people out in all kinds of different ways, and it just doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't. 
You've never had to play with an angry munchkin before, have you? Yeah, I have. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have. Yep. Um, yeah, and just want to run another game. Just don't just never invite him back ever, ever, ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that was that brings us back to our first solution, which is you stop the game and you run another game and you don't invite him back. Right. Yeah. Stop the game. Give it a a month. Or or just then, run it. End the game. Yeah. yeah. End of the game. Yeah. End the game. And then wait a, a month or so, and then start up a new game, and just don't invite him. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. that is always the privilege I, of the group. Yeah. Is I, to not invite a personal. I do person. think that if there's a group consensus of how this is being handled, that you shouldn't go rogue. Yeah. Don't go rogue. Then you're gonna don't you're gonna go rogue. Tank people. Yeah. You're gonna betray that other are, people's yeah. trust as well. Yeah. And now, that could now you've made everybody mad at you, not just the one. And it, yeah, if you're t- t- dealing with you know Mr. Road Road Rage. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why I, it, it's like if if I don't want to have that conversation and I know it's going to end in yeah. a fight and it's going to end badly, why go through the grief? Nope. I know it, it seems like the moral high ground, but I don't think you're. And again, and, and does he feel conflicted because you're lying by omission? Because you now have this secret that you're not telling him. It, well, if if it's something that you're going to see ever again, yes, yeah, that's a problem. Yep. Yeah. If if, if it's you're someone not, you're going to see, if it's a personal friend, then yeah, you got to deal with it differently. Yeah, but not not without. I mean, not betraying the other players. If you, I'm not. I'm not advocating betraying yeah. the other players, but I am advocating saying, you know, a direct adult, grown-up conversation with this guy. Those no, those hardly ever work with. No, it's not. It's. Not, I'm going to tell you right now. It's Angry not going to go well. No. It's going to be a <laughs> fight, and then why do it? Be hard why feelings. even do it? I mean, yeah. if he's a personal friend, okay, yes, but let, let, let's assume. Yeah, we've we've assumed that. Let's assume it's not. If right. he's not a personal friend, then cut the then yeah. you know cut the bridges, but. You know, in that case, I come back to why lie. Just stop why, the game. Why get in an argument right. in a fight you don't need to? Yeah, right. Yeah. But but just stop the game. Just end the game. You know, wait a period of time. Start a new game. Everybody I, move I would and be, change your phone numbers. I would yeah. be that. That is also <laughs> a point where I would be candid with the players and say, okay, if we're going to do this, I'm ending the game, and we're going to start a new game, new characters. So, otherwise, you're going to have to go into a witness pe- protection program, and just it's going to be a whole like for gamers, and you're all going to have to be hiding from gamer people that you don't want up a game it with anymore, be. and they will track you, you have down. To hide you from the gamer know. mafia. Yes, from the you know from, exactly. This is what happens every time we bring up this topic. Right. Me, uh-huh. <laughs> Me witness protection. Yep. No, not, not no, but just the whole circular. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's there's not a good answer here. Um, no. It's and we also we don't we don't have enough of the details to make a complete right. diagnosis. Not that we would anyway, because we'd still be like, oh, wow. Yep. There you go. There it is. Should I call it? It's all, it's noon. Yeah. Wow. Gotta go fishing. Cool. Gotta go fishing. Fishing. Is it gonna work? Ta-da! There it is. We're listeners of Happy Jacks. Thank you for joining us for season fourteen, episode four of Happy Jacks. Happy Jacks RPG podcast. My name's Stu. This is Gina. I think this is Stork. I used to be Jib. Uh, we'll see you next week, Saturday. I think I. No, I got to work next Saturday. We will not do next Saturday. Well, yeah, I got to. I got to work next Saturday. Do we so, want to bring in backups? Uh, we might be able to do that. There won't be anyone here. We'll talk about it off the air. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So thank you for joining us again, and we'll see you maybe next week, maybe the week after, not sure, and we'll leave with a song. 
Set sail for Ireland Tis a place where good ale flows Where the maidens are fair In the warm summer's air And they sing songs that everyone knows God help you if you are an Englishman For you better learn to drink quick Damned Irish lushes, they drink their ale and flushes, and they'll drink it all before you take a sip. We've been kicked out every pub in Ireland. We've been beaten within inches of our lives. For we act like asses to those fair Irish lasses. It's a wonder any one of us survives. Well, the lasses there are quite pretty, you see. Their beauty is the fairest work of art And their Irish brogue can tame any rogue And send Cupid's arrow through his heart But they talk too much and they won't shut up And those cursed women do not know their place For if you tell a bird to be seen and not heard She will haul right off and punch you in your face We've been kicked out of every pub in Ireland We've been beaten within inches of our lives For we act like asses to those fair Irish lasses It's a wonder any one of us survives Well, it was there I was drinking one fine morning A-scaring up some pretty Irish fun When behind me there looms such a shadow and I leapt up from me seat for to run Well, I swear it was a mountain of muscle That broke my jaw and threw me out the door Four foot seven was her height But her anger gave her might And she looks big when you're lying on the floor We've been kicked out of every pub in Ireland We've been beaten within inches of our lives For we act like asses to those fair Irish lasses It's a wonder any one of us survives Well, every wench gets a pinch on the arse When they pass us with tankards of ale And we loves to flirt and lift up their skirts And offer them a fine English male Well, I offered one a penny for a roll in the hay But that when she cried and she called But that penny should be dear They don't make that in a year It's a wonder they make anything at all We've been kicked out of every pub in Ireland We've been beaten within inches of our lives For we act like asses to those fair Irish lasses It's a wonder any one of us survives Well and good are the tales of our travels And from them we pray that you will learn 
that the girls from Erin's Isle are much more than curls and smiles, though in our English hearts for them we yearn. Like whiskey and bitters or a moth and its flame, a more volatile of mixtures can't be paired. So when you go a-travelin', if that bodice you're unravelin' belongs to an Irish lassie, be prepared. We've been kicked out of every pub in Ireland. We've been beaten within inches of our lives. For we act like asses to those fair Irish lasses. It's a wonder any one of us survived. We've been kicked out of every pub in Ireland. We've been beaten within inches of our lives. For we act like asses to those fair Irish lasses. It's a wonder any one of us survives. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.